You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to Turning Cartwheels, the podcast where we have fun at work and work hard at fun. Here's your host, Jesse Kiefer. Hey, everybody. You're listening to episode number five of the Turning Cartwheels podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by ZombieOaksComic.com. If you like zombies, but you don't always want them scary, Zombie Oaks is the comic for you. It's completely free and online. It's written and drawn by the incredible Axton Kaler. And I often say that the zombies are the most normal thing about Zombie Oaks. Now, why would I say that? Well, because there's mad scientists, a genetically enhanced super chicken, a mutant cephalopod that started out as a mustache, a Russian cybernetic zombie sniper head in a jar. Yeah, that's all one thing. And a derpy necronomicon just for starters. Everything I just said will make so much more sense if you just head on over to zombieoakscomic.com and just read it for yourself. You won't be sorry. This week, I'm going to lead by talking about how fun is individualized. And later in the show, we're going to talk a little bit about how having a meditation practice is sometimes hard to explain to people. But before we get into that, I just wanted to go over a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you. Thank you to everybody who has left a review for the show. We only have a few starting out. But when I logged in this morning, we were in the number 16 slot for new and noteworthy in the hobbies category. It's a humble accomplishment, but it's still very cool. So thank you so much to anybody that's been able to download the show and my utmost gratitude to anybody that's taken out the time to write a review because they do make the show visible to more people. Also, before I forget, I wanted to mention that this weekend I was invited on to the Technology Geek podcast, which is hosted by the one and only Brandon Lapani. He's a brother-in-arms over at Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. He had myself and Randy on, and we just had a blast. We had such a good time on this show. So thank you to Brandon for inviting me on, and you guys can check out that latest episode, which is up right now over at thetechnologygeek.org. Uh, look for the episode posted on Valentine's Day entitled Nerd Night Tonight with guests Jesse and Randy. It's so much fun, which, as you know, is kind of what this podcast is all about. Fun. But fun is not the same for everyone. My wife and I were recently invited over to a murder mystery costume party. My wife was all over it. She wanted to get our costumes hammered out and was eagerly anticipating the party with our friends weeks in advance. She was already having fun, and we were just in the planning phase. Now, for me, trying on the costumes in advance was annoying. I had it on my calendar, and I had committed to going, and I call that a win. 
I was not particularly looking forward to it. So much as I was aware that it was coming up, I can get into character, you know, like I can play a part in a show or in a play or something, but just pretending to be somebody that I'm not and just doing that on the fly, not as easy as it sounds for me. I'm an introvert. Uh, my wife is a centrovert. Now, people have a lot of weird misconceptions about what those words mean, and a lot of people probably haven't even heard of centroverts or ambiverts. What it actually means to be an introvert is just that I recharge internally. I do. I think I like it quiet. I like to read, uh, which is a lot easier to do alone. Extroverts, on the other hand, are more likely to recharge by letting off some steam with friends. My wife, being a centrovert, means that she can flip-flop. She loves going out, but sometimes she just can't even and needs her night in. Well, my job requires me to be interacting all day long with students, with teachers, with support staff, with principals, with school counselors, with lunch ladies, with custodians, sometimes parents. I mean, man, schools are really full of people. So when I get home at the end of the day, I am wiped out. The last thing I want to do, I mean, is to pretend to be a Roman senator in a full toga who may or may not be a murderer, but you don't find out until you go to the party. Uh, I'd love to read about that. That sounds like a, like an incredible television show, but uh, to act it out for fun, that's kind of a hard sell after a whole day of faux extroverting. I generally dislike small talk anyhow. But having to pretend to small talk on top of it, I just wasn't getting, I wasn't getting that excited about it. Now, before I leave all this too far behind, I did go to the party and I did have a good time. And despite myself, I, I had a lot of fun. So just being an introvert isn't a good enough excuse to just live your life as a shut-in who never goes out. And I could go on and on and on about introversion and how it's affected me, but that's maybe a topic for another time. The point is that that's just one example of an experience where the fun might vary from person to person. You might uh, really get excited about designing the costume, but when it comes time to go and pretend to be this person, uh, you know, that might not be your cup of tea. Uh, I wasn't the only one that was kind of uh, antsy about that part. You might be the person that could care less what the costume looked like, just so long as you got to go and be and do. And you could be somewhere in the middle where, uh, you know, you might be really excited about it. And then come the day of, you find out, oh, man, I, I really wish I could just stay home and uh, wrap up in a blanket and read. So fun is not always going to be the same for everybody. In fact, I found some interesting thoughts on this very subject in a really unusual or what I would have thought unlikely place. I was reading a selection from Global Advertising in a Global Culture by Thomas H.P. Gould, where I came across the following. I have always been a believer that if one is told that something is fun, then it probably is not. After all, quote-unquote fun as an idea varies from person to person. So right off the bat, a third person's belief that I would find a second person's criteria as fun is a bit of a leap, yes? And by the way, if you are told that something is really a lot of fun, then it is very likely to be really no fun at all. No, 
fun must be self-evident, just as a joke cannot be explained and remain funny. Fun must be so from the instant it takes the stage and remains so until its exit to be considered truly entertaining. After all, if I consider the possible barriers between my considering what you think is fun and what I consider so, the cultural chasm may be its biggest and most challenging. We are, in the end, individuals within individualistic cultures. And it went on to talk about the use of cartoon characters to market sugary cereal to children. So the selling of thing, certain things as fun. But again, by the author's own admission, you really can't sell fun. It either is fun or it isn't. But it's funny how bright colors are often thought of as fun. I hear it all the time in the art field. Uh, if you saturate an image with br light, bright, bold colors, oftentimes someone will refer to that image as being more fun. But art tangents aside, I have to agree with the author. Telling someone it will be more fun usually stacks the deck against that fun. In fact, that's such a universal sentiment that there's even a meme called, it will be fun, they said. Usually, that is over top of an image that is decidedly not fun. Um, if you want to know more about that, you can uh, check it out on knowyourmeme.com, uh, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. If I can't tell you what fun is, how can we do a podcast about fun? Well, we just have to know right off the bat. We have to recognize this. The alternative is to recognize when fun is happening for you and just take note of it. If you're laying in the sun reading a book and you feel that way of just contented enjoyment, remember it. That was fun. If you have like a giddy moment when you're out with a certain group of friends at a certain club or a mixer, just take note. It means you're digging it and you need a spoonful of that more often. So an example at my job, uh, it's hard to predict what's going to be fun. Uh, I love teaching clay. The kids look forward to it. They're engaged in it. They want to do it. And when that's true, when that's all true, it's a blast to teach clay. So clay is fun, except when it isn't. And except when they don't look forward to it. Clay's not fun for everyone. I've seen students who otherwise love art reduced to tears just because clay can be difficult. You might be able to draw a perfect picture, but as soon as you put clay in your hands and you're trying to mold it into something, you can put a lot of pressure on yourself. That can be very exacting. So the point is to get in tune with how you're feeling in a moment and recognize when you aren't having fun and realize that sometimes things are fun, sometimes they aren't fun, and sometimes things are just neutral. But knowing it, being aware of how it feels just to have fun, might help towards having more of it. You could go to the amazing pizza machine one time, have a ridiculous blast, and then go back the next time and just be annoyed. It's too loud. Not having any fun. Nothing's around. Not, nothing's open. Nothing that I wanted to do was fun. And even the ones that were open, it's just not as fun the second time. You know, you might not find that fun in the same place every time. You may have to get outside of your comfort zone to find a new really fun activity. So the takeaway this week would be go out in a week 
And when you really find yourself digging something, just take a moment to notice it and realize, hey, in that moment, I am having a good time or I really did enjoy that. I wouldn't have thought that I would enjoy that. And, and try to figure out what it is about that moment that you so enjoyed. After the break, we're going to go back into airplane mode to talk about how your friends might not understand why you're so into this meditation thing. The number one technology show on the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network is the Technology Geek Podcast, hosted by Brandon Lampani. Brandon is a multi-passionate jack-of-all-trades. Sure, he knows tech, but he's also into survivalism, ham radio, DDP yoga and fitness, comic books. He's the author of The Panagram Killer and the Serena Triton Mystery Series. When you tune into his show, you come for the technology and you stay for the color commentary and so much more. You can find The Technology Geek over at thetechnologygeek.org or you can find him on the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network site, electronicmediacollective.com, where you'll find other great one-of-a-kind shows like Brandon's Technology Geek Podcast. Welcome back to airplane mode. So you know that frustrating conversation that you might have had from time to time with your significant other when you're trying to decide where you want to go out and where you want to eat tonight? You know, let's go to that Chinese place. No, I don't like Chinese. I don't feel like it tonight. Well, what do you what do you feel like? Well, I don't know. Mexican? Burgers? Pizza? Subs? No, seriously, what do you want to eat? Yeah, it's a frustrating conversation. Thing is, I've noticed that being excited about a meditation practice is also very confusing to folks who are not meditating. It's like a happy-go-lucky version of that of that where should we eat conversation. Oh cool, you're meditating. So, how do you do that? Well, there's really not one right way to do it. I mean, some some people like to chant, some will stand up, some will sit in a chair, some will do a walking meditation, some will sit crisscross applesauce on the floor, uh, some will focus on breathing, some will use visualization. Okay, uh, well, then where's the best place to go meditate then? Well, that's really up to the person too. I mean, some people prefer inside or outside, or have a dedicated space. Well, isn't it like a spiritual experience? I mean, I'm a Christian. Well, it can be part of a spiritual belief. I mean, a, a lot of Buddhists meditate, but so do a lot of Christians, and so do people who are atheists. There are a lot of benefits to the practice, whether you're you know, practicing a religion or not. See where I'm going with this? It could be really wishy-washy as a conversation. It's like a upbeat non-answer to a serious question, and people don't particularly like wishy-washy answers. We eat wishy-washy answers for breakfast, especially in American politics. That's a whole nother story. If things are so up in the air, then why do it? Because there's so many reasons to take a break. Even if you don't buy into all the new-agey reasons that might be out there, 10 to 20 minutes to just stop 
Stop talking. Stop listening. Stop checking emails. Stop thinking about that thing that happened last week, yesterday, today, an hour ago. Or just sit with that thing until it releases like a tensed up muscle and finally relaxes. It may be open to debate just what all the benefits are for that, but that easing up for even a little while to clear the mental baggage claim has gotta be helpful. And for me, it feels really nice to be calm if even just for a little while. I'm not really sure how to recommend it yet, but I do. Do you have a good method for uh, persuasively explaining meditation to those that you know could benefit from it, but maybe have never even been successful at it? If so, I would love to hear about it in the comments section for this episode over at cartwheelspodcast.com, or you can email me at cartwheelspodcast at gmail.com and let me know. Well, folks, we made it to the end of another episode of the Turning Cartwheels podcast. Remember, we're still in the early days of our iTunes launch, and you can really help the show by just writing us a positive review over at iTunes by searching out the Turning Cartwheels podcast in the iTunes store. Your reviews will really help us to get the show out in front of more awesome people like you. And if you don't want to go through all of that, you can go to cartwheelspodcast.com uh, over in the support or even subscribe sections, there are links that will take you directly into the iTunes store. And it's as easy as having an account and clicking how many stars. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can shoot me an email or you can add your voice to the show by emailing an MP3 or by calling in to the Google voicemail at 402-512-1868. If you do, just remember to keep your language clean and keep it under or around two minutes. I'm excited to hear your story. I've been your host, Jesse Kiefer, and I want to thank you for listening. Until next time, have fun or at least work at it. The Turning Cartwheels podcast is produced by Vorpal Arrow Studios and is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. For this episode's show notes or to hear more, you can visit cartwheelspodcast.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash cartwheelspodcast.